You are listening to the VBAC Link Podcast, and this is episode number 64. Ladies, we have a treat for you. We have our good friend Chelsea from Canada. And if you haven't heard episode number four, head over there and listen to that episode because this is also Chelsea again talking about her next VBAC. <laughs> and oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Where she delivered her baby is amazing. It's so fun. So you're never going to guess. So we're going to let her tell you. But first, we always do a review of the week. So I want to turn the time over to Julie. Hey, thanks, Megan. I'm also so excited about Chelsea. And after I do the review, I'm going to tell you a fun little story about how we reconnected with her. But first, our review is from Erica Ruby on Apple Podcasts. And she says... Women of freaking strength. I am 25 years old and just accomplished a VBAC after two C-sections at a hospital with providers who were tolerant but not supportive. I had to advocate for myself countless times despite their efforts to discourage me. I listened to your podcast and felt so empowered and encouraged to let my goals be known and not let them scare me away from a, a VBAC after two C-sections. On the day I was scheduled for induction at 40 weeks and four days, they tried to go straight to a C-section and even told me that the providers had to be all on the same page about their contract before allowing me to even be induced and to lack. I told them that my provider told me I could at least try and that if they were not going to allow me to try, then I was going to go home and reschedule at 41 weeks. A day and a half later, I pushed my 8-pound, 12-ounce baby girl out. I laughed to myself because of how big she was and about how you always talk about how we can push out big babies. P.S. My C-section babies were 6-pound, 12-ounces and 7-pounds, 14-ounces. Keep inspiring women to know that their body isn't broken. Thank you for spreading your knowledge. Oh my gosh, I love that review. It made me so happy. Congratulations, Erica, on your VBAC after two C-sections. And I know it's not an easy thing to do to advocate for yourself for a provider that's not very supportive. So thank you for telling us that. Thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for being a supporter of the podcast. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. All right, Women of Strength, it is Wednesday and we have got an incredible story for you. If you don't remember Chelsea from episode number four, you are definitely going to have an impression from her story today. I just have to share a short story about how we reconnected. I have a client who's preparing for a VBAC after three C-sections, and she's got some fears about how the actual birth is going to go. So I have been sending her a birth video, a VBAC birth video, every single night. Every single night at nine o'clock, my alarm goes off on my cell phone, and I know that that's time to email her a VBAC birth video. So I was running short on videos, and I asked in a VBAC group, 
um, if anyone had a birth video to share. And Chelsea commented and she said, I have a video of my breech VBAC after two C-sections I would love to share with you. And I was like, yes, 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 please send it to me. Is it on YouTube? And she's like, no, it's not on YouTube, but I can email it to you. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think I have your video <laughs> on my on our Google Drive. And I'm like, have you been on the pot the VBAC Lean podcast? And she's like, yes. I was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am one of the hosts. It's been forever. But I'm so glad that we reconnected because since Chelsea shared her story on episode number four, which, by the way, was the very first episode Mm -hmm. after mine and Megan's story. So she's really like our first episode of anybody else other than me and Megan. Like this, I remember like like emailing her. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. Like when we're brand new babies. So So not only was she a breach VBAC after two C, she was a VBAC after two C sections. Her baby was breach. That video is on our Instagram TV, IGTV on Instagram. If you just go to our page, the VBAC link, you can see it. And guess what? Since then, she's had another baby who was also breech. And she delivered this baby in, in a special location. A really awesome place. And I'm I Megan just pointed her finger at me. She's like, Don't you Do dare not share. Don't it. you dare <laughs> share the details. So I'm not gonna share the details. So I don't want to get scolded by Megan. <laughs> but we are again so grateful that we reconnected, Chelsea. And I'm just gonna turn it over to you so that you can share that wonderful, incredible, and exciting story with us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me back. I'm super excited to do this again. Like you said, this birth is a little bit, um, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more interesting. I'm like a super organized, super planned person when it comes to birth. So this was completely not at all what I expected. (laughs) Um, So when I got pregnant again with my fourth baby, we planned for another VBAC and we kind of just assumed that the baby was going to be breech again. Mm -hmm. So we... We planned the same thing. We planned another hospital birth with a midwife, basically the same team that I had with my third baby. So in doing so, I was informed that some of the protocol had changed in the hospitals in my area. So I wasn't going to be delivering at the same hospital, but I was still going to be under the care of the same midwife. Oh, that's good. Um, so I was super, yeah, I was super comfortable with that because like I, like, like I said in the, the first podcast, my midwife was amazing. And um, she's super supportive. She's super knowledgeable on breech birth. So I just felt like no matter where I was, as long as she was there, everything was going to be perfect. So I went through like my pregnancy, very normal. It was a very uneventful pregnancy. At 20 weeks, um, I had an ultrasound and my baby was head down. And this was the first time in all four pregnancies that I'd ever had a baby that was head down. Wow. Because your first two (laughs) C-sections were because of breech babies. If anyone who hasn't heard your your first podcast episode. So all your babies have been breached until this one. Yeah. So this baby was head down. And at first I was just like, oh my God, like I have a head down baby. Like this is going to be a breeze. And then I was like, oh my God, my baby's head down. Like (laughs) I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with a head down baby. (laughs) Yeah, like it was so foreign to me that it almost like was nerve wracking. But then I talked to my midwife and she was like, this is perfect. Like we can plan for a home birth, which is what I had always wanted. Um, But just where I am, there's no support in a breach home birth, especially after two C-sections. It's just like, it's not a battle I was willing to to do. Like I just wasn't interested. Yeah. 
And, like, I had a great hospital birth, so I was totally fine with uh, that doing that again. So we started planning this home birth, and, like, I bought a pool, and I, like, I hired a doula, and I had a birth photographer, and everything was going to be just so different this time. And this was this was our planned last baby, so we wanted it to just, we wanted to get everything. We wanted everything all in one birth, just so that it was, like, our final our final baby. And, um, so we hired the birth photographer who was amazing and she was so supportive throughout my whole pregnancy because I messaged her and I was like, like my baby's head down. Like, what do I do with this? (laughs) And she was like, no, this is great. This is great news. So then about 28 or 30 weeks, I was at my midwife's appointment and she was feeling the baby, and she's like, Chelsea, I'm pretty sure this baby's breached. And I kind of had thought that the baby had flipped, but I didn't want to ruin this home birth thing because I was like, this is so exciting. Like, this is what I want. So she sent me for another ultrasound. Well, we talked about it, and I was okay with going for another ultrasound just to be sure. And sure enough, the baby was breached. So then we kind of changed plans again, and it was going to be again at the hospital and Everything was going to still be the same. I was still going to have my midwife and my birth doula and my birth photographer. And my family was going to be there. My kids each had jobs. Um, my oldest was going to cut the umbilical cord. Aww. My second oldest was going to announce the gender of the baby. And then my, my third, well, she's only three, so she wasn't really interested at all. She just <laughs> wanted to watch the baby come out. <laughs> I um, <get> that. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Um, she watches her birth video all the time and just like laughs and claps and she's like, "That's me." So it's she pretty was exciting really video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we went along with that plan, and then I found out about a week later that my midwife wasn't going to be able to be at my birth. Um, oh. So I had to switch midwives at 35 weeks to a midwife I had I'd never met a secondary midwife. It was just this one mid- midwife that I had had in my my previous pregnancy and then throughout the whole pregnancy this time. So I switched providers, basically. It was within the same group, but just I had never met these, these other midwives. And none of them were as confident in their breach ability as my previous midwife, which made me a little bit nervous because with breach, there are, there are potentials for complications. And if you're in the care of a provider that's knowledgeable, it's a very safe delivery. But right. when, they're, when they don't know, it's a little nerve-wracking as, as the mom, just because there's nothing that I can really do. So, again, I just kind of, like, went with it. I talked to my birth photographer a lot. She, she like, talked me off the ledge so many times because I was just so nervous with all of these changes. And... You know, like she just kept telling me, like, you know, it's going to happen however it happens. And she's like, your previous labors were so quick. Like, by the time you get to the hospital, you'll probably only be there for like an hour. And then you're going to have a baby and it's not going to be a big deal. Like, we're just going to have a baby and you're going to be fine. And I know that plans are important and that this matters and like your, your feelings are valid, but it'll happen exactly how it's supposed to. And so I took that and I was just like, you're absolutely right. Like, there's no point in stressing about it because I know that my body can do this. It's done it before. And it doesn't really matter who's there to catch as long as it goes accordingly. And as long as everybody's happy and healthy, that's all that matters. So my due date was, I was due on Halloween. So as my due date was approaching, the weekend before, in the area that I live, they have this little trick-or-treat that's the town does, like all the businesses in the town, 
do for kids. And because Halloween fell on a weekday, we decided that we were going to bring our kids to this little trick-or-treat in town, just in case I did actually go into labor on Halloween, because I'd never live that down. I'd be like, Mommy, remember the time you had a baby and we didn't get trick-or-treating? <laughs> so um, I brought the kids to the, um, the trick-or-treat in town. My husband had to do, he was actually working that day. So we got up in the morning. I had the most amazing sleep the night before, and I was like, okay, kids, like, let's go. I got them all bundled up. Like, I live in Canada, so it's cold in, in October. It's cold always. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually cold right now. <laughs> um, but this, on, so he was born on the 27th, and that day was we were expected to have our first snowfall. So it was really cold. My kids are wearing snowsuits underneath their Halloween costumes because oh. that's a real thing here. <laughs> um, so I get them all bundled up and I get them in the car and we drive to town and I meet actually my, my doula who is also my best friend and her kids and we had this play all planned out. So we get there and we get all our kids organized and we get to the very first store and there's like three big steps to walk into it. And so I send everybody in first because I'm, like, ready to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I take one step up, and I look at my, my friend, and I was just like, my water just broke. Oh, my gosh. And she, like, looks back, mm-hmm. and she's like, you have got to be kidding. Like, this isn't funny. And I, I was like, look at her, and I was just like, um, no. Oh, my gosh. Today because we're oh. probably going to have a baby. And uh, she's like, do we need to leave? And I was just like, no, like, we'll just going as planned and if I start having interactions if labor starts then we'll like we'll reevaluate but for right now like we'll just, we just got here so I messaged my my midwife I called my husband I messaged my birth photographer and I was already with my doula so everything was like going well and so we ended up doing the whole trick-or-treat nothing happened my water broke and we trick-or-treated for an hour and a half and nothing happened so, nice. um, score one yeah, for the kids. Nice for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> they got lots of candy. They were happy. Yeah. Um, so, so afterwards I, my husband had called and he was just checking in to see how I was feeling. And uh, I was like, I'm like, nothing's going on. Like, we'll come and meet you. And then, you know, whenever you're finished your job, we can go home and relax until this baby decides that it wants to come. And so we drive over to see him and, uh, we spent probably about an hour there and then I was like, okay, well I'm going to go home and like shower and get the kids ready and, you know, wait for you. Cause if something happens and all you, all you have to do is shower and we can go. I live an hour away from the hospital we intended to deliver at. So we kind of were anticipating like a, a faster labor and kind of going right as soon as contractions started. So I get home, I hop in the shower, I give my kids, like my kids are all bathed and dressed and ready to go. And at three o'clock exactly, I got my first contraction. And the only reason I know that is because I had gotten a message from my doula asking me how I, how I was doing. And so just as I was opening my phone to answer her, I had my first contraction. Those so doulas I, I are magic. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They're amazing. So I messaged her and I'm like, I like just had my first contraction. You should come to my house because she lives about 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, you should come to my house and um, Rob's on his way, my husband. And then we'll all load up and we'll go, we'll go to the hospital. So she's like, okay, I'm on my way. I call my husband. He was just down the street 
And she's like, okay, like I'll be home in just a minute. And then my contractions were only about like five minutes, five to seven minutes apart, but they weren't very strong. So I was just like, oh, there's no rush. There's no rush. So he gets home and he gets in the shower and he's, um, he's like, okay, I'll be really quick. So about half an hour later, we're leaving. My midwife has called and she was like, should we meet at the hospital or do you want to meet at the office? And we'll kind of evaluate where we're at and then go to the hospital when we feel like, you know, things are progressing. So I was just like, sure, like, let's go ahead and we'll meet at the, that, at the office. And um, that's still, it, that was still an hour away. So I was like, we'll leave now and we'll be there in an hour. So we get everybody in the car and we're driving into town. And again, like I live in Canada, so Tim Hortons is a real deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, my husband's like, so <laughs> like on a scale of one to having a baby in the car, where are we on the Tim Hortons thing? Nice. And I was like, oh, we've got lots of time. Like, let's stop and get a coffee and get the kids donuts. And, and then we'll make our way to the hospital. My bill is in the back, like in the back of seat. And she's like shaking her head like, you guys, like we're having a baby right now. <laughs> um, and uh, so we stop and we get, we get coffee. And then we ended up having to get gas. So we did that too. At this time, it's about 4.30. So I'd only been in labor for an hour and a half. I messaged my birth photographer and I'm like, okay, like we're just getting on the highway. We're about 40 minutes out. We'll see you soon. And then just as we're like merging onto the highway, my contractions start picking up and they're getting more intense, but not closer together. So like in between contractions, (laughs) we're still laughing and joking and everything's fine. My kids are like, going over what they're what we're going to name the baby and what their jobs are and um my my doula is like is there anything I can do for you like <laughs> what do you need and I'm just sitting there like like this is fine this is fine like this isn't even this isn't even bad yet and then I had this one contraction and it was the weirdest feeling because with my with my daughter this never happened for me so I had this contraction and it was like almost calming like I felt like like my I guess it kind of felt like my pelvis like opened but it not in like a bad way like it felt just really like calm and just really natural and I just like was really in tune with myself and then almost instantly when the contraction ended I was like that's probably a sign of something (laughs) and um, then I got hit with another contraction um like almost back to back and just as I was about to say, like, ooh, that felt pushy, my doula is like, you're pushing. And my <laughs> husband's driving down the highway, and he's like, no, she's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> In denial. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was like his, like, big thing the whole time was like, please don't have a baby in the car. <laughs> um, so I'm just like, no, that was a little pushy. And then I had another contraction, and then I was like, I turned into a dragon. I was like screaming and pushing and I was like you need to pull the car over (laughs) and he's like no like he's like no way like you're not it's snowing it's freezing you're not no (laughs) yeah it's snowing and I'm just like you I like made eye contact with him and I was just like you need to pull this car over now and he's like okay and he like pulls onto the side of the highway and I get out and I'm standing there and I'm like, my doula's on the phone with my midwife. 
and I'm pushing and screaming. My kids are in the back seat cheering, like, Mommy's having a baby. (laughs) And my husband's sitting there, like, on the side of the road, on the side of the road. (laughs) And um, so I'm like, it's like like I said, it's snowing. I, like, pull my pants down, and I was like, Candace, my, my doula, I'm like, can you see the baby? And she like, so she's looking, she's on the phone with the midwife. The midwife's telling her what to look for. I'm like for. envisioning this. I'm on the side of the road in the snow. <laughs> You're Yeah, down. and like people are slowing down. Oh my people are slowing down, like looking at us like, what is going oh on? Oh my gosh. And uh, so the, my midwife is like, you need to call an ambulance. She's like, I'm still 30 minutes from where you are. She's like, you need to call an ambulance because, like, this baby is coming. And uh, for whatever reason, my husband looked up, and we were actually pulled over right before the off-ramp for a hospital. Oh, nice. like, I'm on the side of the road. My doula's on the side of the road. He's sitting in the car going, we can't have this baby on the side of the road. So he gets out, and he's like, Chelsea, you need to get back in the car. And for whatever reason, I just needed to be standing up. I just, it, that's what I needed to do. I, I needed to get this baby in a good position. And so I just needed to stand. And I was like, nope, we're just having this baby right here. And he, <laughs> he picked me up and he put me in the back of the car. Um, <laughs> we all hopped in and my, my doula is still on the phone with my midwife. She's got my phone in one ear and 911 on the other side. Oh my gosh. Um, so the ambulance, like the paramedics are waiting out front of the hospital for us to arrive. So we get off the highway. It's only been, like, we were only on the highway for 10 minutes. So we get off the highway. My husband, like, pulls into the ambulance bay and, like, hops the curb. And I've got the door wide open. I'm climbing out. There's a nurse and two paramedics rushing out to me. My doula's getting out. And she's just, like, I look at the hospital and I was, like, oh, I don't want to be here. And she's just like, I know, but this is like, this is where we're going to be. And when I got there, I realized that I was at the hospital that I actually delivered my first son at. Nice. And <laughs> it was just, it was just not the hospital I wanted to be at. Right. I, this hospital was not, it's not a VBAC friendly hospital and it's certainly not a breach friendly hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as soon as I looked at it, I was like, oh dear, like this is, like, this is going to be an uphill battle if this baby doesn't come out soon. All the while I'm pushing, like, the baby's coming out. So I'm walking, and my husband is behind me, and he's like, I can see his feet swinging through your pants. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm oh, just my like, gosh. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm like, my kids, again, they're like, they're kind of shocked, but they're like, oh, my God, we're really having a baby. <laughs> And so I'm trying to pull my pants down. And then I, like, there was two paramedics. One was like a younger man and then one was like a younger woman. And the man was said to me, he's like, oh, miss, like, you can't pull your pants down. There's people all around. And like, I, <laughs> You're I like, like um, got to get a baby out of here. <laughs> yeah. I like turned and like side eyed him. And I'm like, there is about to be a person in my pants. A person in my and pants. And he just like stopped and like, looked at me like, oh my goodness. And then, like, I pull my pants down. He's like, oh, my God, it's, there's feet. There's feet. And then my doula is just like, oh, yeah, by the way, this baby's breached. Wait, where were you and at this point? Were you still walk, Were you still in the parking lot? So Yeah, so we're walking oh into gosh. the hospital. Oh, my there's gosh. Sliding doors. <laughs> and 
at this hospital, the way that their emergency department is set up is their waiting room is all windows. So <laughs> it's Saturday. <laughs> it's cold. Everybody in Ottawa is at this hospital. Oh, my right gosh. <laughs> so I'm walking in with my pants down. And baby's um, feet hanging out. There's, yeah, there's feet hanging out, and there's nurses like shuffling beside me, holding blankets around me to try and give me some sort of privacy. <laughs> um, I get through the first door, and I was just like, I got this like really strong urge to push. So I stopped and I pushed, and so when I was walking in, it was about from knee to foot was out. So just a little bit of a swing. <laughs> and then I at the first door <laughs> at the first door I pushed and the the body came out so he was out to about like his armpit oh my gosh um and so I was just like trying wow. like shuffling like kind of scooting just to get inside the building uh-huh. um and there like everybody it was chaotic because again like it's an emergency department not labor and delivery <laughs> and yeah <laughs> emergency got, rooms have no idea yeah, how to handle pregnant people <laughs> yeah and like you could tell that like neither of them were parents yet like they were pretty young so this was probably the first time they'd ever seen a birth <laughs> and the birth was a breach birth a breach. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. so uh-huh. <laughs> so like just completely thrown so at this point, there ha- like all of the ER staff is now out into like the front foyer as I'm coming in. So I've got there's mm-hmm. a nurse running around behind me and a bunch of other people. And as I'm walking in, I just like had my focal point was this poor little lady that was there with probably a cold because she had a mask on. All I could see were her eyes. But she was my focal point. So I'm staring, like her and I are like staring at each other. And she was so sweet. She didn't break eye contact at all. Oh, she and was your like, eye her. contact doula. <laughs> yeah, she was like the sweetest thing. And so I'm staring at her. And like, again, like I, like I said, I turned into a dragon. Like I was screaming. And um, everyone's yelling at me to get on this gurney, get on this gurney. And like in my head, I'm just like, if I try and like lift my leg onto this gurney, I'm going to shoot this kid across the floor. <laughs> like somebody's got to be like ready to catch this baby. Oh my gosh. And my jewel is in the background and she's like, somebody get ready. Like somebody's got to catch this baby or you need to move so I can do it. Nice. And um, <laughs> so the, the nurse is like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And just as at this point, somebody yelled out, it's a boy. And at that moment, I turn around and I see like, yeah, like, so I'm walking in and like, obviously everybody can see that it's a boy, but somebody finally yelled it out. And at this moment, I like look back and I can see like my husband and my three kids all standing there holding hands behind me. And so then I turn around, I grab onto like the railing of the gurney and I push and the, the baby comes out and all of a sudden all I hear is, like, all this clapping and cheering. And, like, the whole emergency department, all of the patients that were waiting were, like, standing up clapping and whistling and cheering. The little lady that I was making eye contact with was, like, giving me the thumbs up. Oh, (laughs) sweet. So, and it was, like, in the moment, I didn't realize that there were so many people around. And then I kind of, like, took a glance over. And, like, it was full. So I, like, kind of waved a little and hopped on the gurney and they passed me this baby up and like they passed him to me and I was just like whoa like that's not a baby that's a toddler like it's just huge oh my gosh (laughs) um 
I'm sitting up on the gurney and I was just like, like, I can't believe I just pushed this baby out in front of all of you. Like, look at the size of him. And I'm like, at this point, there's now an OB that has come down. And uh, I'm like, like showing the baby to her, like, look what I did. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, we need to get you somewhere where there's not a whole bunch of people. (laughs) So they like, but I'm like trying to show them to everybody. Like, look at how big this baby is that I just walked into a hospital and just delivered on my way in. (laughs) And uh, so they get me back into like the, the recess room and they check my vitals and make sure that everything was fine. And I ended up delivering my placenta there. And my husband was able to cut the umbilical cord. My birth photographer made it shortly after she had gone to the original hospital that I was supposed to deliver at. So she actually has a test shot on her camera at the same time as like my son's delivery. So he was born at 4.50 in the afternoon and she has a test shot at 4.50 as well. So uh, she's calling me because she's like, I'm at the hospital and they're like, they're telling me that like, you're not here. So where are you? And my doula answers my phone and she's just like, oh yeah. So (laughs) funny story. We had a baby in the, in the entrance of the Queensway hospital (laughs) and she's like, so baby's here. Everyone's good. If you want to make your way this way. So my, my photographer ended up being there about 20 minutes after, after he was born. And um, my midwife showed up shortly after as well. You know, we got all of these beautiful family photos, and it was it was really nice. It was again not at all what what I expected. It was like something that you like you read on Facebook, like somebody else's story, and it was just like, oh my god, that's so crazy. And then it happens to you, and you're just like, wow, like there is no preparation for that. <laughs> Like, none at all. I can Seriously. imagine those images would have been epic. Yeah. Right? And I messaged the hospital seeing if they would give me the security footage just because I think that it would be kind of funny to see. But you, Oh, my gosh. You should. You should have. Yeah. I, wanna, I, don't I know did. If, Unfortunately, they oh. can't do it. because oh, of like the privacy and HIPAA. Thing, right? and yeah. yeah. Oh. They could just blur yeah. out everyone's faces. And like I said, I'm just like, I just want to, can I just like see, see it? it? Or like. Yeah, just one time. Oh. I just want to watch it. Oh my gosh. No, unfortunately, they weren't able to do that. Oh man. Yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> I'm surprised someone else wasn't taking pictures of it. Like, oh, there, I wonder if other pictures. strangers have pictures of you having a baby. Yeah. Or even a video. Yeah. Like, I, I know that kind of sounds. Out. <laughs> I know. Like, I think that would, like, that sounds kind of creepy, but like, think about it. These days, if honestly, people see exciting things, if people see exciting things, they pop out their phones. I wonder, oh, absolutely. I wonder if there's a stranger out there somewhere <laughs> that has a video or something. Well, I know that it was, it was like, it was something that was talked about quite frequently at that hospital because, um, again, it was the first time anybody had ever delivered in the entranceway. And um, the nurse that ended up catching my baby, it was her first time ever catching a baby. So she was super excited. Yay. And she kept saying over and over again, she's like, I caught a baby. She's like, this is the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> so awesome. I know that it was something that was pretty exciting for everybody, which, which makes it kind of nice because, like I said, he was our, he was our last baby. So him coming into the world the way that he did kind of, it was exciting and it was just a nice like final, final birth experience. Yeah, for, for sure. Holy cow. Yeah. 
That is crazy. That's an exciting one. <laughs> I can't imagine. I bet your doula like left and was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably really awesome. Oh my gosh. I, I look, really look cool. back and she's like crying and she's like, you had a baby in the entranceway. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, yes. That's my five. <laughs> <laughs> or it would have been on the side of the road if you were not that close to that hospital. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, we just love you and we love your stories. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So we actually have had a couple more episodes with mothers who had had their cesareans due to breech babies on our podcast. So since when when Chelsea did her first episode on episode number four, we weren't currently writing blogs to match episodes. But now we have a really awesome blog about breech babies that already exists on our blog page. So if you haven't been over to our blog webpage lately, we just transitioned to a new blog platform for our website, which makes everything so much easier to scroll through and so much easier to find. And I have been spending hours and hours making sure everything's formatted properly and all the images are right and everything is super intuitive for you. So you can go to our website, thevbacklink.com slash blog and just scroll down a little bit and you are going to find a blog called Why Babies Go Breach and five things you can do about it. And let me tell you what, if your first C-section was for a breach baby or if you're getting ready for a back and your baby is breached right now, head over to this blog. It talks about what the three different types of breach babies are. It talks about why babies go breach. It, it tells you some things that you can do to actually turn a breech baby to be head down. And then it talks more about ACOG's guidelines regarding breech delivery. And let me tell you what, Megan and I were so excited when ACOG came out with this new updated guideline mm -hmm. for breech babies because, because it's incredible. And I just want to go over a couple of the highlights. First of all, ACOG says the decision regarding the mode of delivery should consider patient wishes and the experience of the healthcare provider. This is one talking about breach birth. So if your provider, I really like how Chelsea said this at the, at the beginning of her episode that like breach babies can be delivered safely if you have a provider that knows how to deliver breach babies, right? So the hard thing about that is that they're not teaching providers or obstetricians how to deliver breach babies anymore. That's why we love Dr. Um, Stuart Fishbein, who was on our episode back in special episode number 14. He's a home birth OBGYN in California, but he travels all around the country um, doing his reteach mm -hmm. breach workshop, teaching providers how to deliver breach babies. So that's the first thing ACOG says. Second thing I want to touch on is that obstetricians and other care providers should offer an external cephalic version, which is where they manually turn the baby from the outside mm -hmm. in a woman who desires a vaginal delivery and has um, only one baby and has no other contraindications for a vaginal delivery or some things might prevent uh, an external version from happening. So that could be an option. So if, you're, if your provider or if you're breech, ask your provider about turning the baby using a an external version, ECV, a version. There's lots of different names for it. The third thing I want to talk about is planned vaginal delivery of a singleton breech fetus may be reasonable under hospital-specific protocol guidelines for eligibility and labor management. And what that means is 
it could be possible. And again, it goes back to having a provider that knows how to do it. So, and then the, the fourth thing that they say is that consent should be documented. And I think that I would like to add to this is that lack of consent should also be documented. I was actually scrolling through Instagram feed today, as I do sometimes, and just like seeing who's there and commenting and loving other people's posts. And I saw um, a post on Instagram that said something to the fact that if your doctor denies you something that you ask for, then ask them to document their denial in your medical records. Right? I just heard that. Yeah. So was it on a podcast? It was on, was no, it? it was on our Instagram feed. So oh, maybe that's why. maybe that's why. I was like, wait, <clears throat> I totally read that. <laughs> but what that does is that gives a paper trail that they're denying you. So in this example, it's talking about like if you ask for care or medication and they deny you, then say, can you please document that in my medical records? And what you'll find a lot of times is they'll step outside the room and then come back in and then they'll reverse their decision and consent to the thing that you asked them to do that they originally said no to. So in this example, if you say, hey, can you do an external version? And they say no, then you can say, will you document that denial in mm -hmm. my medical records? And what mm -hmm. that does to these providers, because providers have to have so many things to consider when making decisions for your care. And unfortunately, one of those things that they have to consider is liability. And what that does to a provider automatically like triggers that like, liability side in their brain because now you have a paper trail and what's going to happen with that paper trail like you can go back to that paper trail and look in your medical records and say hey I denied this when she requested that and now that there's documentation it might change their attitude or how they're going to treat you and react to your care and so I don't know I, I don't know try it try it out let us know how it goes I want anyone who's listening for anything obstetric if you want if your provider says you have to be induced on your due date because you're a VBAC and it's not safe to go past 40 weeks, which is not true, by the way. Mm -hmm. If your provider tells that to you and you say, hey, I want to wait till 41 weeks, and then they tell you no, then say, can you document your denial of me wanting to go to 41 weeks in my medical records and just see what happens? And then mm -hmm. tell us, send us a message. You can email us at info at the vbacklink.com message us on instagram message us on facebook we want to know what happens when you guys are asking your providers to document their refusal of your wishes in your medical records it's just kind of a handy thing anyways at the end of the day breach delivery i feel like is making a comeback it's gonna it take is. some time yeah. but with doc with doctors like dr stuart fishbein and we have dr silver here in utah and dr sean edmonds who will do external versions and hold who will do breach deliveries and providers like chelsea's midwife in canada i feel like it's coming back it's gonna take some time but i really feel like we are gonna get there i would agree and i really it's really scary because i've had clients that have had breech babies and their doctors will say oh it's just far too dangerous to try a version it causes too much stress to the baby like it's really better to just schedule a c-section and although you know in certain situations maybe that is true but 
It's not always the case. And so don't ever hesitate to get a second opinion. Absolutely. Find another provider. Yes, get a second opinion because sometimes their denial of your request means that they're not comfortable with it or that they don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And either way, whether your provider isn't up to date on evidence-based care or they just don't know how to do that procedure safely, you don't want them doing that procedure for you, Mm -hmm. right? So a second opinion would be very valuable, like Megan just said. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for sharing your story again. I feel like I'm really sad that this is your last baby because I feel like (laughs) we should just make having you on our podcast an annual thing because your stories just get to be even more incredible. Amazing, yes. Thank you again for sharing with us. Thank you very much for having me again. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to thevbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.